This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey dear listeners, welcome to Cinema Fix. This is your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, Monica? Pretty good. Saw my cheetahs taking a run earlier this morning, and now I'm lounging poolside before doing this amazing podcast. I'm glad that your cheetahs are well-trained and don't suddenly decide to attack you. Day in the life. I feel like owning cheetahs is not a really good idea because they're faster than you. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode number 70 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie The Counselor. As always, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and email us at cinemafix at foamgeekradio.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 336-793-2509. We would love to hear from you. If you're new to the show, basically this is the program on Film Geek Radio, focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. And the second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers, so if you've seen the film and you would appreciate that type of discussion about what works and what doesn't, definitely check out part two. This week we're going to be talking about The Counselor. Monica, please uh, tell our listeners what this movie is about. This latest film from Ridley Scott was written by Cormac McCarthy, and it has Michael Fassbender as a unnamed lawyer who decides to get involved in a one-time drug trafficking scheme in order to raise some money and pay off some debts. But when things go wrong, he quickly discovers that he's in over his head, and one bad decision can lead to permanent consequences. Here's a clip. Seem unsettled. I'm all right. I just need you to be sure that you're locked in. Because I don't know. My recommendation, anyway, counselor. Don't do it. Well, I guess I'm a little taken aback at the cautionary nature of this conversation. If you're not in, you need to tell me. Why? Because you don't know someone until you know what they want. Is why. This is part one of our episode on The Counselor, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general spoiler-free thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Monica, what did you think of The Counselor? This is this movie's kind of a big deal because it's the first screenplay written entirely by Cormac McCarthy, the Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist, uh, for the screen. Uh, he's the guy responsible for novels like No Country for Old Men and The Road uh, and The Sunset Limited, all of which were turned into movies. But this is the first time he's actually decided to sit down and write a movie. What did you think? Days after watching this, I'm still not exactly sure if I liked or loved or what to do with this movie. It feels like there's bits missing in between to sort of explain this. In that sense, I think Cormac McCarthy does better in long form and has someone else come in and be the editor to shorten it up for a 90 or two hour movie. It was really rough in terms of following the story and it just kind of felt 
choppy and there's weird philosophical dumps in the middle of the movie and then we move on. Well, you said you're trying to decide if you like it or love it. Well, I, I appreciated some of the, the quotes that came out of the movie. They were kind of interesting. But other than that, and um, the performances are pretty decent. And the story intrigues you. So it has the workings of what would make a great film. I don't think it achieves that. It, like, doesn't gel. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It just doesn't quite come together. You know, this movie's getting pretty awful reviews. Uh, Andrew O'Hare... Just wrote a review for Salon the other day that says it could be the worst movie ever made. Ah, uh, that's almost too much credit. I think that that's going a little bit too far. Honestly, I wouldn't even say that it's, it's a bad movie. It's just a really forgettable, mediocre one. Yeah. You're right. It doesn't really flow very well. The problem is it's, it's very distant from a lot of what's going on. And I feel like you don't really get to, to know the main characters very well. Is it people come in, people spout lines, people walk off stage left. Right. It's, it's much more about a mood and a theme than it is yeah. about people, and I think that's a problem because if you've read or seen anything by Cormac McCarthy, you already know what that theme is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very pessimistic guy, and his work tends to always be about the inevitability of death, the meaninglessness of our actions, how every action has consequences, this movie is really no different. You can sort of see where it's going within the first 10 minutes. I mean, the first half of the movie is basically everyone telling the counselor, hey, if you do this thing, you could have to face the consequences and they will be serious consequences. And then the second half is he does it and he has to face the consequences. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really, you can tell where it's going from the very beginning. And if you want to see that and if you like it, then I guess maybe you'll get something out of it but it's a very cold movie it's a very distant movie and overall i'm not sure i can really recommend it it's, it's just yeah it's, it's okay it is what it is it's like a curiosity piece right because there's there's certainly interesting things there i'm thinking sort of like a comparison cosmopolis which a lot of people didn't like oh i hated cosmopolis so much more than this i can see the comparison though in a way, it's certainly much more focused. You are stuck in one place at one time and you follow one central character. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have all this philosophical existential musings, at least it's coming from one guy. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, wow, everyone's really well read and nobody talks like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, like, there, were, there were moments in this movie where like the big philosophical monologues worked for me and then other moments where I was just thinking, this would be much better on the page. Yes. It reads better than it, it <laughs> than it is listening to it. Yes. I'm sorry. What was that entire paragraph that you just said? What came out of your mouth? What was the purpose of that? <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. This sounds kind of cool, but I can't really buy the fact that you would be saying it. Yeah. It's almost like a show off. Like, he can, he can do this. And we already know he can. Like, there's a line at the beginning where Cameron Diaz says something like, truth has no temperature. Or something. That's a great one line. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a cool one liner. I'm not sure anyone would actually say that. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this movie is, uh, it's, it's, it's really weird because you've got all these really famous, attractive actors making this movie about really ugly things. Including Javier Bardem's haircut. 
Yes, yes. And, it, and it's just kind of about how everything ultimately gets sucked down into this ugly void of because death of and destruction. Yeah, and and that, I, I think, it, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting to think about. It's just not very enjoyable to watch, and it's not particularly engaging. And there's weird, like, sex stuff that pops up every now and then and I'm like why is this in here are you drawing a link between sex and death we've seen that before my reaction to that was I turned around and I asked this fellow critic who also teaches about Cormac McCarthy's work I was like does he just like not get along with women and his confession to me was that anytime Cormac McCarthy does a manly man movie either women remove themselves or they will be removed See, I actually didn't... I've heard people say that this movie is misogynistic. I actually didn't feel that uh, at yeah, all. Oh, I definitely feel that. I definitely felt women be crazy. <laughs> Maybe a little bit crazy. And it's totally the virgin whore dichotomy, where you have the really nice girlfriend for Michael Fassbender's character, and then you have the whack job of Cameron Diaz's character. But see, I'm not sure she's a whack job, and we can talk about that in part two. Certainly. She's definitely an interesting character. She's kind of the femme fatale of the whole thing. I'm not quite sure I would call it misogynistic, but it is. there is some really weird stuff with women in this movie. Yeah, I did not get a positive feeling from Cormac McCarthy and women. Like, he has not been successful or something, or does not like them. Well, typically with Cormac McCarthy, it's hard to get a positive feeling about anything. This is true. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen The Sunset Limited. No, I've seen No Country for Old Men. Okay, well, The Sunset Limited is a great movie with some really incredible performances by Samuel L. Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones, but that is probably the bleakest movie I have ever seen, <laughs> and it's basically about how we should all just go kill ourselves. So really, the lesson about all of this is that someone really needs to give Cormac McCarthy a good nice long hug yes but even then he'd probably just say that the hug is meaningless one step closer to death <laughs> yeah it's just, it just serves to disguise the fact that our lives are meaningless and we're all gonna die eventually sad mccarthy anything else you want to say about the counselor before we talk spoilers in part two no let's talk spoilers all right that'll wrap it up for part one of our discussion on the counselor don't forget to tune in for part two for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing Ender's Game. Not the Hunger Games? Not the Hunger Games. A different type oh, of game. Too many games. We would love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to us through iTunes or Stitcher. So if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the program. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place, The Nerdy Projectors, and our two new shows all about television shows, uh, The Briefing Room, which is all about Homeland, and The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, which is all about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter and Tumblr at mcastymovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofca.com. You can find some of my writing at pathios.com and moviemezzanine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message. Let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun with speaking in high on cinema. 
This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!